Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Ancient Health Institute Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Motley. Courtney sends her best wishes and best wishes from Dr. Axe. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Daniel Devon, and he is an expert within the EMF field realm. So many of you out there have talked a lot and sent messages in about how do electromagnetic fields, how do these pulses affect our body? So we brought the expert in. So let's give a brief description of Daniel here. So Daniel Devon is an internationally recognized expert in EMF radiation, EMF shielding, and EMF-related health issues with a special focus on the effect of exposure from mobile devices, such as your laptops, your tablets, and your cell phones. Daniel's concern regarding the health impact of EMF emissions grew from over 30 years of engineering experience in the telecommunications industry, where he held a variety of executive positions at SAIC, Telcordia, AT&T, and Bell Labs. He is the co-author of Radiation Nation, The Fallout of Modern Technology. And side note, you guys need to read that. It's really, really great blows your mind, and the CEO of Defender Shield, the world leader in EMF radiation protection solutions. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with us. We consider it a privilege, and I'm telling you, we have so much to go through, but remember, thank you again. <laughs> you want to hear a little bit about yourself. Go ahead. Dr. Motley, thanks so much for inviting me. I, I always get excited when I have a chance to chat about this subject so people can understand what's going on in our current environment. And um, there are so many misconceptions in the marketplace about what things are and what they aren't. And I, I, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to share a little bit of my background in this space and help your listening audience sort of have a better understanding of the subject matter. Yes. And whenever we go through these, uh, these questions, I must tell you, uh, Daniel, like, you know, many times I cannot believe, like, I love it that you have experience in the telecommunication realm. The right. thing is, like, even in office, I have many individuals that will come in and they think it's random. And we're going to get to that. But many people think, oh, it's random. Like, oh, this, I walk, I live near this electrical power, but I've been having these different symptoms. And they just sort of think it's just, oh, it's just a random symptom. I'm like, no, these are no. very high radiation exposures. Right. Absolutely true. And, and think about this, like 50 years ago, none of this existed. None of and it. all of a sudden it's in our back pockets. And so uh, the, the world has shifted substantially in this digital world we live in, and people need to be aware of the wonderful benefits of it, as well as maybe some of the possible risks with it as well. Oh, I'm telling you, this is going to be a great podcast, and we're going to dive right in. Remember, tell us about yourself in any part of this, because we gave you a brief description, but these are questions we get, and people are like written in, and they're like, "What? what is this stuff about EMF? Okay, so... I want to know, like, if we can, and remember, put in anything you want to talk about, but I want to say, what is EMF radiation? And, like, where, where does it come from? Like, people want to know, like, the basics. Like, what's, where does it come from? So, so let me tell you the story. Uh, in the Bell Labs, I, I was responsible for developing technology standards and then testing technology to meet those standards. So mm. I was very intimately aware of the technology in, the environment, in our environment mm. from a very, very technical point of view about 12, 13 years ago, my sons were visiting me and mm -hmm. my sons uh, had their laptops on their laps for about three or four hours. And my wife in, intuitively says, that can't be good for you. She's a social worker. She has no background in engineering, no background in sciences. And she said, that can't be good for you. And I said, look, I've been in this business for 30 years. There's no way it's a problem. Well, then I thought of thinking about it. I, I never really looked into the the, the medical community side, the research side of the business I was in. And I was pretty surprised. Even back then, it was pretty clear. There was substantial evidence that there may be potential dangers mm. from the environments we're in. And, and in fact, even back then, after three to four hours of uh, a RF signal, a microwave, a, a, a microwave signal, and we'll talk about that, uh, but the Wi-Fi coming off the laptop being close to the male or female genitalia mm -hmm. were, uh, had 
uh, 25% of the male sperm, up to 25% of the male sperm immobile. And with wow. females, with females, 2% uh, become tumorous with exposures. And some of that very small portion becomes cancerous. So back then I was like, I was in this business for years and years and years. Yeah. Yet I did not know that. And so, um, what I ended up doing is, um, I'm a mechanical engineer by trade, although my, my whole life I was in electrical engineering. Mm -hmm. uh, I built uh, shielding devices for my son. And, um, wow. and I, I, I just built them then because I said, well, you know, I want grandchildren. And, oh, by the way, I don't have grandchildren yet. Still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, that's great. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, so that's what actually started my electromagnetic radiation uh, journey. Mm -hmm. I really was in it many, many years. I worried about technology influencing technology, not technology influencing people. <laughs> and, and that's where there was a disconnect. There was clearly, in my view, a disconnect between the science of impacts to the cell to the science of engineering the technology. This Barrett, they didn't coexist in the same space. And that's what started my journey. That's that's an amazing like whenever you found and and partner, sorry the interruption like whenever you found that that could be affecting like laptops on the laps and it caused reproductive issues I know many people out there are going to ask they're going to say okay with that much uh, sperm cells being inactive or immobile I see it a lot in the office yeah. uh, not talking about my office but I have a lot of individuals that are young men that they're you know early you know early to mid 20s and right. they have immobile sperm and I'm like and 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 females too you see it quite a bit absolutely at, at alarming rate yeah and it's as you were just pointing out there's a drastic drop in the last several years mm. in the male sperm count and an interesting story Dr. Prasad is a, a legend in biochemistry space as well as he was the, like the very first x-ray guy in the country and he's been around a long time and i i sent them my book and i said look when a when a female puts a cell phone in their back pocket it's close to the womb and it can influence this the the egg wow. and it can mutate the egg and there's some science that demonstrates that and he he sent back and he says no that can't be true and then several years later mm -hmm. he writes me and he said i have someone in my clinic she was a high tech lady. She's been around the technology all these, all these, uh, and she had like a, a child that was born and passed away immediately. It turned out she had several weird mutated cells that he couldn't explain. And so he said, "Wow, you you may be right." And and so like it may be true, it may not be true, but you should be conservative. And think about the technology around you and the possible invitation. Do do when, like I know we're gonna like I don't want to keep you too long on a certain subject matter, but I it's know like good. one of the questions that probably people are gonna ask is like just a quick synopsis. Like when radiation, like putting a phone in the back pocket, putting a phone in your front pocket, keeping your laptop. You're an electrical engineer. You're an expert. Where is it because the waves coming from the electrical currents? Is this how I'm just asking? Electrical currents are. Being uh, are going through these instruments, the waves that come off of them are penetrating through your skin and then influencing your cells and basically vibrating the cells and, and causing them to have to respond to the electromagnetic field. Or is that is that how it basically works? Yeah, that's a, a good basic description. And let me give you a little bit more because it's actually pretty important stuff. There is a line of understanding of what is what happens to a cell when it, it's exposed to electromagnetic radiation. An okay. RF signal, radio frequency signal, okay. a microwave signal. They're all the same. Okay. And so there's Dr. Powell is a biochemist, brilliant man. And he talks about the cell having degrading under an exposure to the extent where the calcium channel penetrates the cell and then the chemical reactions within the cell that ultimately mutates or DNA damages the cell. So there's, that's that one example. That's the lower end of the concerns. It is real, it happens, and there are clear evidence in science that shows that can create cancers. But it's very, very small. 
the real problem is sort of the, what you were just talking about. When you, you've heard of oxidative stress. Yes. I hate oxidative stress because <laughs> it doesn't describe what it is that's really going on with the cell. You know, <laughs> the, the, the imbalance of free radicals to antioxidants is not a description of what the cell's going, what's actually happening in the cell. Yeah, uh, And so there are others like uh, Dr. Navio who talks about cell, cell danger response. Mm -hmm. And he talks about what happens to the cell itself and what, what evolves within the cell under those circumstances. Simply put, a cell says, I don't like this anymore. I'm shutting down and I'm going to start like acting up. Mm -hmm. That is fairly predictable, mm -hmm. by the way, with Dr. Navio's work. And it's really systemic. It's evolutionary in the cell itself. And it's responding to a toxin like it responds to any other toxin. That's a great point. I mean, that's like, it, it'd be like, it's a toxin to the cell. So the cell is going to try to protect itself or try to cause the body to change to respond to it. And right. it's going to cause mutations in their DNA. This is amazing. Right. It, yeah, it's, it's really simple mechanics that's occurring in the cell. And when you start getting into the state where you're in cell danger response, mm -hmm. your body has to try to recover. Most of us do, but more and more and more, I can guarantee you in your clinic, you're seeing people that aren't recovering. And they're talking about the headache. They're talking about the blurry eyes. They're talking about the dry eye. They're talking about the tingling in their hands. They're talking about the brain uh, fogginess. They're talking about all these kind of things that are potentially from the Wi-Fi sitting next to their head. And, and it's at times when we talk about calcium and then people, you know, in the office, people don't realize when they have like calcium or magnesium pumps that are actually affected and that can cause cell death. This is what you're saying. Like if it causes cell death, what I see sometimes, Daniel, is like I'll find that a, a person can have hypoxia, like they'll have low oxygen readings and such. And, and, you know, like when the cells can't carry oxygen, if they're dying, and sometimes I can't find out exactly why they're hypoxic. And I think this is a big key. You just triggered a very fundamental thing that happens in the mm -hmm. body with oxidative stress. It's oxygenation, the lack of oxygenation. When you have an imbalance, it's truly, there's not enough oxygen in the body to do what it's supposed to do. Mm. So when you start thinking of that, that's exactly what happens when you're being exposed. Let me explain a little bit about what happens. If you have a cell phone to your head and you put it directly to your head, that signal is going inside the head by one to two inches. Okay. And I'm, let's talk about that a little bit. That was a standard over 30 years ago by the federal government mm -hmm. that said a cell phone can't penetrate more than one to two inches into the head. And anything more than that is, is going to be dangerous. So we're going to limit the power of a signal. What's interesting about that is they only worry about thermal impacts. A microwave oven is 2.3 gigahertz. It's really fast speed. Mm -hmm. uh, Wi-Fi is 2.4 gigahertz. It's the identical frequency rate that you find in a microwave oven. What? Are you kidding? It's identical, but the power is lower. That's the only difference, right? So you don't feel the heat from it because the power is lower, but it's still the same. Yeah. You do feel the heat of it. You actually do, two yeah. degrees, up to two degrees, believe it or not. And so they only worried about the, the heat that would generate. Now, Dr. Motley, it's the thermal that has nothing to do with it. It's the biological impact, the cell responding to the toxin. That's where the challenge is. And, and so, I talk about a cell phone. Now, the cell phone penetrates the, the head. It reduces the uh, cell membrane, the cell barrier, membrane barrier, mm -hmm. and it suppresses your immune. And now, when it suppresses your immune, I've, I've heard this, and I'm, I'm not, you're the guy that tells us, like, I've heard that when people have, like, the, the, the nerve layers, like the myelin sheath, like you say, it, it reduces immune, it can <laughs> deteriorate the lining. I've heard that when people have low myelin sheathing, if they had Alzheimer's or, or I mean, maybe it could lead to symptoms like that because it can deteriorate that lining and, and the sheathing and the, the coating over the nerves. And, and when people have thin layers, it can actually cause heavier problems in those individuals. Like they have those kind of neurological problems already. 
there, uh, fundamental of all this is the neurological. And you're talking about from the brainstem down to the body and distributing the, uh, the network of nerves. So mm. like, you're right. The cover, the jacket of this have been found to be deteriorated when there's electromagnetic radiation exposures. Oh yeah. But, but believe it or not, you have, if you're really exposed heavily to a cell phone or other environmental toxin that's really close to you, you could be walking and your brain pattern be sleeping and vice versa. I mean, so it's not just the cell breaking down, but the functions of the body breaking down to some extent. That is and amazing. Yeah, believe it or not. And some, I'm jumping all over the place. No, no. It turns, out, great. Great. It turns out that 20% of us or more are electric hypersensitive. In other words, it's at some level of CDR. What's CER? What is that? CDR, cell danger response. Okay. Remember I talked about Navio? Mm -hmm. Over 20%, and it's growing quickly, our, our body's responding. And we know from several studies that there's at least 20%, if not more now. And it's in some level of CDR. And that is because of our environment. I got to talk a little bit about this. When you have a cell phone, it talks using cell phone power and coding to talk to a far channel. It's talking to a cell tower. It can go up to five miles. When you have a Wi-Fi, it can go up to 2,000 feet. When you go out and have a Bluetooth, it can go up to 50 feet. There's a lot of power coming out of these little devices. And they have the ability to go pretty far into your body as well. So now here's the, another contrasting thing that people should be concerned about is the standards were set 30 years ago, right? And plus, and they didn't worry about the thermal. Science is worried about the biological. They almost don't care about the thermal because it is clear that the cell, the body's response is at the cell level. And it's because if it's a biological response, it's not a thermal. It's not heating up and, and reducing the temperature. That's not a cycle that science is worried about. So six foot male was used, to, average six foot male was used to define that standard. And so if you think about it a little bit, that roughly represents, I don't know, 3% of the population. <laughs> Just 3%. Oh my word. <laughs> well, think really? about it, right? Your kids, 3%. women, short men. <laughs> they're left out. And, and of course, they're not included. And, and as you know, the skulls are different. The, 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 the penetration is farther. With a child, six-year-old child, the signal that went one to two inches into the male's head goes completely through their head. Oh, man. Completely oh, man. through. So that's what is sort of the challenge we have is to think about where you are in your lifestyle, where you are in your age, and how it may impact you. Another point, a six-foot male using a cell phone for more than 17 minutes a day for 10 years, three times more likely to have cancer. So it's like, we, we know there's a lot of data that, that we have. I mean, it's astounding because like, like, and if so part of the eruption, like whenever, okay, two things, like I'm saying, when you talked about, um, I love when you talked about how those things stretch out to cell phone towers, five, five miles, well, we're yeah. going to get into that. But I, I think it's, it's really alarming too. Um, when you start to see it, like when you talked about falling asleep now, and this is a little side note, when you say people are walking and they're actually asleep now, it's really funny because I've, I have some patients and friends that do like a lot of brainwave therapy and they, right. I was going to mention that and they, it's really astounding. They'll you, say you have yeah. to do it. You do. I call that, I call that the supervisory function. You got to get the head right before you can get the body. Right. I, I tell and it's crazy because they said, if you're walking around, I'm an example I had Lyme disease pretty badly. I had some people that have Epstein-Barr, but then they were talking about like, you know, post-COVID and different things like that. But they also said, they didn't really mention, but this is great. You said it. My brain waves were in Delta. And they said, you yeah. know what? You're falling around, walking around sleeping. Right, and like, exactly. What? And they said, no, you only have higher amounts of education in certain parts of the brain. You're pliable in these areas, but you're walking around sleeping. And I wonder how many people with this are walking around asleep. In their brain yeah. and, and it's not only that you're sleeping. What it really means is in the circadian cycle where you should be sleeping at night and the mitochondrial recovery, the body recovery, and all the things it's supposed to do in the various cycles of sleep, 
are not happening. So whatever condition you have, it's never getting better. (laughs) So you're not going to get healed. You're not going to get any better. You're in a constant wave that are penetrating your body. Now, I want to ask you about this because, and a side note too, when you talk about cell phones, I think that I was very uh, surprised that I had when people change their phones from like 5G. We're going to talk about 5G. That's the next question. And LTE. Now, but I remember seeing on my phone, somebody let me look about the radiation power uh, measurements that they give to you on your phone. Like you can actually scroll down and find like, it'll say for human safety, you should not be this close or have this much exposure. And on your phone, it tells you that. I was like, and, and so when you have a cell phone tower, it's five miles away. You have, you know, your laptop. Now we're going to talk about 5G. And for all you people who work with 5G, please don't think we're trying to talk on you. We're just like, we want to know what, how it can affect our health. What is 5G? How does it work? And uh, how, you know, how can it be, you know, we talked about harmful to the cells, but what is your basic overview of the 5G? You were saying pretty important stuff a minute ago about the cell phone. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that first and okay, then we'll talk go. about 5G. Definitely. The power of a the power level of a RF signal of a cell phone is 1.6 watts per kilogram. Okay. That's the standard that can't be exceeded. In practice, in manufacturing, it's typical it can go up to 1.8 watts per kilogram. Yeah, yeah. Watts per kilogram. And so that is lots and lots of power going through your directing through your head. The power is as we said, having various impacts to the body as a result of that power level. Mm-hmm. I got so many things to tell you. I love That's it. 1.6 watts, right? In the classroom, in the Wi-Fi classroom, it's .5 watts right now. In other words, it never existed in school environments, and now it's at .5 watts. So at the third of the power level, eight hours a day. That's the other thing about this, Dr. Hartley. It's like, it's the power level and the duration of exposure that ultimately leads to potential danger to the body. Um, do you compare it? Like, I'm just saying, like, we're going to keep talking, like, like if you hit, get hit by a wave at 0.5 in the classroom, I would sort of think about comparing if somebody kept coming up to you and kept hitting you yeah. on the shoulder. Right. And all yeah. of a sudden you get a callus and you get a bruise and you start to harden up and you start to get, you know, you start damaging the cells. Is that like, like kind of like that? Is there something just hitting you? It's the, the drop of water to your head that ultimately kills you drop at a time. It just takes much longer to happen. Oh man. Yeah. It's, wow. And so our kids are being exposed anyway. So there's the power level that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Power becomes an important discussion when you start talking about 5g because it hurts. And then there's a kilohertz. Then there's a gigahertz. Those are the rates of speed of, the signal coming from all these various things we have around us. Mm-hmm. A hurt is one cycle per second going past the point. One cycle per second. A gigahertz is a billion cycles per second. And, and for people who don't understand that, it's a billion cycles, like crest of waves, waves going up in a billion in one second. So go in ahead. One keep going. Into your head. Into right? your head. And a cell phone roughly is one gigahertz. Wi-Fi is 2.4 gigahertz, 5.6 gigahertz. And that's been our environment up to this point, roughly. With 5G, it's different. With 5G, we have two kinds of communications. We have a bunch of communications just like what we've had. They're around 800 megahertz, which is almost one gigahertz, uh, and then you have 3.8 gigahertz. So, so the, these frequency rates that are part of the 5G family that are being created that are similar to what's been in an environment. Mm-hmm. Now, you've, what you've probably heard about is there's some concerns in science, some think fairly big concerns about the other part of 5G. The other part of 5G is they can go up to speeds at 300 gigahertz. 300 gigahertz. 300 gigahertz. Most of it over the next several years are going to be about 23 to 60 gigahertz. That's roughly what it's going to be. And those are your millimeter wave. The other stuff I was just talking about 
is not millimeter millimeter waves. It's the when it gets above 10 gigahertz, that's the millimeter waves. And we know nothing about millimeter waves. It's impact to the body. We haven't studied it as a science. The medical community doesn't have very much idea of what the long-term impacts are. We have a sense because we can correlate what we know today and extrapolate to what we think may be in the future. And that's why there's some concern, but no one really knows. Let me tell you what happens though with 23 gigahertz. So everything you're hearing about today is below 10 gigahertz. You know, there are many carriers that are offering service. All of it is below. There is a little bit of coming that they call the 23 gigahertz millimeter wave, which is using um, small cell sites, they call them. The little tiny sites in front of your house that transmit a signal and only can go 750 feet, those are 23 gigahertz or above, typically. Those are being transmitted at 40 watts and above. Mm. So the concern by the science community is that it's 40 watts that have been in, in our environment that never existed before. So it's not just the speeds are faster, but the, uh, the rates are faster, but, but the power levels are more. Keep going. I love this. It's great. I'm, I'm thinking so this is great. You are sitting in front of the child tower. You're a foot away. You have your son with you right next to you. Mm-hmm. That's 40 watts hitting you. It hits your house. It's at 20 watts. It goes to the back of the house. It's at five watts. You know, it drops really, really fast, but the power is pretty high while it's getting to where it's going. And when it gets to that, that distance cuts it down. And we're going to talk about this towards the end here, but like Defender Shield is like a product that you, and, and, and is there, and I, really, I know you don't want to talk about it, but I'm saying, but you have technology that you could put in your house or you could put in, you know, your yeah. phone and stuff to help break down that EMF and such, right? Is that exactly what we, three years ago, I was very familiar with what technologies were doing. And I was really getting fairly concerned because as a, you know, I was in this business for so many years, I missed the, the boat, in a sense, of what its impact was. I'm trying not to miss this boat here. And I looked at all the technologies, shielding technologies in the marketplace. There didn't exist shielding technologies. In fact, you can't even test a shield to see if it's at 90 gigahertz. Really? The, the, the labs do not have the capacity to do it. You need transmitters, you need receivers, you need all sorts of stuff that really doesn't exist in the test labs today. So over three years ago, I started developing a technology for shielding up to 90 gigahertz. And it took me three years to do it. I am telling we got to talk more even after this. This is great. And I mean, I'm telling you, this is like, I got to get something from my house from your place. This is going to be awesome. I I am just impressed with like this information. Everybody out there is going to love this because and I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to go too quick. Like we have the 5G, you, you see it like, guys, when he says 90 gigahertz or he says 300 gigahertz, 300 billion millimeter waves in a second that's penetrating your skin. So right. think about that. And then we're saying, okay, so when we lead to it, we're not picking on governments or anything. We're just saying, no, why are the FCC um, uh, radiation exposures? Why are they insufficient? Why, why okay, do they not so Before I answer that question, way? I'm going to tell you what, 6G is. 6G? Which is actually in development right now. Oh, my word. It's up to 900 gigahertz. That's in the terahertz space. And as you know, x-rays are in the terahertz space. So our body's learning how to deal with the very low end. And all of a sudden, we're going to be in an environment where it now has to deal with the very high end. And we already know the only way to stop a signal with an x-ray machine is by putting a lead Blanket on top. Exactly right. Walk into a room that's full of lead, like Superman <laughs> right. or something. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah, you know? Exactly. Uh, so we we expect the evolution of this to continue. And it's just going to keep need, going further yeah, and further it's higher. Keep on going, and we got to start dealing with it. And it's the rate and the power level. So you just had you had another question. What was that question? I'm saying like why like the FCC when it doesn't like when they when they don't try to like you know get sufficient protection or what what is what is that about? Okay, so I, I explained how the standard was set up over 30 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. A year, several, a few years ago, the FCC approved 
the existing standards as acceptable for 5G. That was actually the science community attacked them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, they actually brought them to court. And uh, last year, the FCC lost in court. What? Yeah. So, so what they said is, Dr. Martley, there, there are thousands and thousands of legitimate, well-crafted studies of impact to the body that were totally ignored. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, Yale said, if there's a Wi-Fi signal and there's a fluoride and you have a mutated cell, you're three times more likely to get cancer from that exposure. So what? there is a lot of study work that we know about and they totally ignored it all. So we got, we got, I mean, I'm just saying we got fluoride in our water and you get fluoride everywhere. Then you have this toxic exposure to this EMF fields and then we're going to bump it up. Wow. And then you have all the regular toxins, like the stuff you put in your yeah. diet and stuff like that, that could lead yeah. to this kind of cancerous yeah. activity. Yeah. Right. I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but at 90 gigahertz, when you and I were in college and we were, we used to be shot with water. So yeah. ground, it was control, crowd control was with water. Now they use a 90 gigahertz gun to shoot at you. And you know what it's doing? It's looking at your um, helical uh, sweat glands and, and it becomes a receiver at 90 gigahertz, not at 80, not at 100, but at 90. And so you run and you're getting really, really hot. Because, because it's causing your sweat, it's targeting your sweat glands. Right. Yeah, exactly. Up. Yeah, right. So we wow. so we we know some frequencies and what it's gonna do. We know at 20 gigahertz, for example, that and we haven't talked about any of this uh, stuff, but bugs, microbiome loves EMF. So right. you often find a lot of people have gut problems that and they're not recovering, the microcovery recovery, the uh, oxygenation recovery, all those kinds of things are so important to God, including your your immune system. Your whole immune system is like emanates from that space. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing more and more, particularly with um, DevC, which is a bacteria. Yeah. No, it's Clost- a virus. Yeah, C. diff, like it's like a, a, a clostridium difficile. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is more and more growing and no one knows why, but we know that RF influences and bugs like it. Some good bugs like it, and a lot of bad bugs like it. And so, yeah, it's really becoming more and more consistent with electric hypersensitive clinicians are finding. Like whenever you say electric, like like what people who are listening would say, okay, uh, Daniel, I've got, you know, an infection in my gut, like strep or staph or C. diff. And then they always wonder, they're like, well, and I do see it. Like people say, well, the lunar moon cycles affect me, but they they may not realize that I'm like, no, the electromagnetic field and the variations of impulses can literally cause your symptoms to go crazy. Absolutely. No question about it. And I know one clinic, for example, that they do fecal matter analysis and they prescribe prescribed probiotics to, to, to try to adjust the impact of that. And that's part of the recovery for elective hypersensitive. So when we go into this new realm of like 900 gigahertz and things of that sort, we know that if the, and this is my opinion, like uh, the FCC may not give you standards because it's going to go that way. We, like you're saying, we have to protect ourselves and learn how to adapt in the way, like you're saying, like, like with the fecal matter, like what probiotics could actually help with this? What kind of equipment can we use to help us defend it as well? Like what are, you develop stuff. And your supplement space. Yeah. There is real benefit in supplements very important benefits like inflammation yeah a huge result of these exposures and there are many supplements that deal with how do you control inflammation and i Uh, it's when when we see like that how it affects our body so much i think it's really um to me uh one of those those mysteries in healthcare because people can't necessarily see it they can't necessarily feel it but when you say they have a, a a a ray gun that can heat you up I'm just saying like the consistent impulse about how it can damage your cells. I mean, we as adults, we can get it. We get very accustomed to it. I know it's going to damage the body in that way, but are we seeing um, evidence of how, I know we said in the schools, how it affects kids. Are you see, are we seeing more like we have to like more how EMFs are affecting young people? Like, because you said that they're, they're so not fragile, but they're more penetrable, like with the waves and stuff. Well, my implications were fairly clear. Yeah, um, we see more and more high school with emotional issues 
It's mm -hmm. growing quicker. We see more and more ADHD. We see more and more neurological implications from exposures. Now, there's no, there's not sufficient correlative data mm -hmm. that says for sure that's the problem. Mm -hmm. But it's certainly true. It's exponentially growing in our in our school systems. Truly, with anxiety yeah. and and, and yeah. ADHD kind of thing. Absolutely right. And, and so some of us in the space believe that's probably true. We simply haven't enough evidence to prove it. We have some, some good studies, but not enough. Gotcha. Um, I think I that'd be really back. important to have that. Go ahead, go ahead. That'd be great. Uh, I want to go back to the FCC because mm -hmm. you, yeah. you were making a point that was probably important. FCC lost in court. They were, they were told they did not do their legal due diligence on and analyzing the current data in the environment. Mm -hmm. So they lost for that reason. And they were told to resolve it. I'm not even sure in my lifetime it'll ever be resolved. And, and so the point about learning how to deal with it, what you just said in, your, in this environment, is really pretty important because no one's going to take care of you. Then they're, they're not going to, the, the FCC's not going to come out and say, wait a minute, be careful, move that router 10 foot away from you so it's not exposing you. You know, mm -hmm. you got to be safe and we want to make sure your kids are safe. They're not going to do that. Yeah. And whenever like with uh, young individuals, if they, if they can get their, their body so impressionable and I'm not saying I have like, I like to study it. I'd like to see it. I think that when they, they showed studies, like let's say somebody's flipping through their phone or flipping or swiping and they say that it raises and it imbalances dopamine and serotonin right. levels in the body. I would have to suspect though, like, I mean, whenever you say that um, you have that much information or like exposure to a screen or exposure to that battery, Plus the movement of like screwing up with dopamine and serotonin levels, always being on an electrical device and kids are doing it all day in school. And they have this, I was like, I would, it has to be like with basic biochemistry, it's going to have to screw up their ADHD and ADD, like, or create those kind of symptoms. And I'm just, I just, I can't Dr. believe it's Martin, that The kid is in the bedroom. He has a cell phone next to on the nightstand. Mm -hmm. That cell phone's transmitting every second and it's hitting the head every second. And I talk about the sanctuary. I know I, I'm going all over the map, but when you're in a, a bedroom environment, your recovery is so important. You have to minimize any external influences. Mm -hmm. RF signals interfere with your brain. The, the blue light you look at a screen at night on, the light goes into your eye and there's a little cryptochrome protein. That is the on and off switch that says, I. I, oh, yep, it's night. I, I, the melatonin can now start. That switch won't be turned on because the blue light says it's still light out. Mm. And the body looks at it. And so, so you have this light hitting our kids, even adults, and they're, they're disruptive sleep because of melatonin and all sorts of other reasons. Their cycles of sleep are not what they should be. So they get out of sleep and they're not recovered. And in part, I'll tell you a story. Mm -hmm. I, I was talking to a, a very, very bright lady uh, and very knowledgeable uh, practitioner. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about the, sanctu the sanctuary, the, the bedroom. And I said, you shouldn't have Wi-Fi in your room. You should have uh, cell phones in your room. You shouldn't have it. Nothing's that important that you should have in the room. And she was going, oh, yeah, the very, uh, very good. Uh, thank you so much for letting us know. She didn't believe a word I was saying. And she called me up about two weeks later and she said, my husband and I took our cell phones off of nightstand. We put it into the other room. We're now sleeping all night. And they just, because they weren't like stimulated to think that it was still daylight and stuff like that. And those impulses. Yeah. It, it's, it mucks around with your brain. It, it goes through the ear channels, right? Yeah. It goes through your eyes. Even when you close your lids and your eyes, the pathway to the brain is direct with least resistance. So it goes right into your eye, into your brain. You know, I, I got to tell you this story. And you know, maybe, maybe this is just uh, like one of my patients came in a while back and, and I'll get your thoughts about it. I think it's a great combo. So please people, when you listen to this what I story, I'm not, I'm not trying to cause any type of fear, but one of my patients found out like she had, um, her husband had gotten cancerous activity within his liver and his spleen. Mm -hmm. Never had a history of it. Family hadn't had a history of it. Nothing like that. She found out that she had some forms, I think it was like a limp type condition where she had cancer. She always felt really weird around EMF stuff all the time. Oh. 
She had somebody come out and professionally measure EMF fields around her house. And she says, I don't have anything in my, like, I don't have any type of like crazy stuff. However, some of the currents in her house and some of the EMF were highly concentrated where they slept, like yeah. literally around the bed, around the area where they slept, around the midsection. Absolutely. And I was like, what? And she was like, no, literally where we sleep and where our, his liver is and everything. That's where all the high signals were at. That, that's not unique. Um, oh, we haven't talked about this. RF signals are from laptops, cell phones, Wi-Fi. There are so many sources. The other fundamental source is extremely low frequency RF, mm -hmm. uh, frequency frequency uh, radiation. It's the stuff that comes out of your walls. Mm. It comes off of the hairdryer. Oh. Anything that's electrical, that's operating electrically in your house, running current creates extremely low frequency emissions. Mm. Those exposures should be below three milligauss. What you were just describing, I can guarantee you was in the 10 to 20 milligauss, constant eight hours a day. And that's one of the very first things you should worry about. How do you eliminate, how do you unplug everything that's not operating? Are you near the wall um, that actually has wires running inside it that are influencing it? And the way you tell is by testing it. And then you eliminate the Wi-Fi sources as well. And now you have a sanctuary. But it's both you got to be worried about. Both of them you have to be worried about. Okay, yeah. so that's great info. Like If you don't fix one, you haven't solved your problem. Okay. The other creates the same problem. See, that's a great and, thing. And in fact, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, with heavy exposures, if you're within 1,000 feet of the high-powered wires mm -hmm. and it's for 10 years or more, you're three times more likely to get leukemia. It's known for years and years and years, the cool. correlation between ELF and, and uh, leukemia. That's like, like with that, like, let's just switch over. Like whenever, like, and I know you like, we talk about your products and stuff, but I'm just saying like, when you have a house, people are going to ask, like, if you have a house that's near power lines, what are like the devices you recommend to put into the house to help with protection of that? I, I'm, I was in a conference and someone said they put a cell tower in front of my house. What I should, what should I do? And I wasn't kidding. I said, move yeah. because it's really hard to regulate those when they're so close. Let's talk about distance and power levels. A cell phone is most dangerous when it's directly on your head. That's when it's highly, it's highly more likely you'll, you'll have human implications to the, to the body and function. If you're one to two feet away, 80% of the danger is gone. By four foot, 98% of the danger is gone. So in all of this space, distance is your friend. And so if you and I were talking on a cell phone, we both had it directly to our head and we talked for two minutes, don't worry about it. You don't worry about that implication from the technology you're using. What you're doing is worrying more about the heavier use. Mm -hmm. And when there's heavier use, you do want to think about ways of mitigating those exposures. And, but uh, if you're near a, a cell tower and it's close by or, or power lines, you, you need to know that if they're, if you're close enough, it, it can implicate. And a thousand feet uh, within any of those is uh, problematic. Okay. So, um, and I would say, like I said to the others at the conference, move. move. The exposures are high uh, and it's constant. Uh, when I was working in Bell Labs, the expert, the world expert in power, wouldn't use a cell phone. He really? never used a cell phone. He says, I understand this stuff too well. I will not use a cell phone. He was just like, like bizarre about it. But yeah. Do you find that with it, but I'm saying like, even with your products, things that you develop, that you find that the things that you still, even if it's close, it still has helped though. Those things help with putting them in your house. Oh, they, I'm, I'm, well, that's why I did it. I created so I could eliminate the cell. And when I talk about small cell sites, mm -hmm. I was concerned that you have a transmitting tower 40, 40 feet away from you hitting your house and not be able to mitigate that signal. So the, the shielding I have can be put on your walls, literally. It's not just limited to a cell phone or, or a laptop. That's great. And I, I did it for that reason because it's too complicated. The signals, on it's not just at 40 gigahertz. It's not just at 23 gigahertz. It's at 
they combine the signals, mm-hmm. multi-in, multi-out. So the energy is created and it's focused and targeted. And that, so if you have a service, a 5G service off a small, small cell site, that cell site is concentrating on where you are with that unit, that cell uh-huh. phone. And so I recommend people, you may not want that service for those reasons. It's a concentrated signal. And I'm not sure you have a serious problem with a cell tower in front of your house if you don't have a service to that because it's very focused service. That's right. So you need to keep that separate. Like, because I know right. like, my family members have like higher, you know, they have electrical wire, but it, they're, they're a little bit away, but they're close yeah. enough. And I was like, I need to get, I need to get something for their house then to put in there too. Yeah. And, and again, th- these are with the technology I use, I don't build a, what you may re- know as a Faraday cage, mm-hmm. something around it. So anything can't come out, nothing can go in. Mm-hmm. I build it on one side so you can use the technology, but it can't go through to the human using it. That's awesome. And that's and that's why we have the the wall stuff is it's for that reason because if you if you don't accept the 5G service from the small cell tower you can actually put it on the wall and anything that's coming from that tower is being mitigated before it goes down. Oh. So. This is such great info, Dan. I'm telling you people are going to go crazy because it's like it's so much like okay for, okay we're talking about the walls and stuff they're going to research this out for you. But even like, okay, if you can't, you know, you don't want to, the guy from Bell's lab didn't use a cell phone. What, like what kind of earpieces, what kind of air tubes do you oh, use in case? So, like to use? so electro hypersensitive people, the smallest of electrical current, the smallest of RF signal. I got to talk about that too. Um, <laughs> uh, a Bluetooth signal is dot, dot five watts, uh, dot six watts. Mm-hmm. Dot one watts can mutate a frontal lobe cell. Dot one watts can still dot one watts. Right. I've seen I've seen research. So Bluetooth, I'm not a fan of. Gotcha. Because if you have it going right through your brain, communicating stereo, and it's at dot six watts. And so if you have that, do you keep this is what people would want to know. Do you keep your cell phone? Like, I know you, you have to carry it with you sometimes when you're out and about, but do you keep your ear? Like, a, is there a specific brand? Do you yeah, have a so, brand of ear? ear t- is that a Yeah. Ear? So let me talk about that. Yeah. I know electric hypersensitive, even the smallest of current flow in, in the earbuds can be bothersome. In fact, I know some that can't use them, even though it's really, really small stuff. So what I did is I took, I take an electrical signal. I convert it to an acoustical a speaker, and mm-hmm. then I put a tube to your ear, and I eliminate all electronic implications to the head. I eliminate it completely. Okay. Uh, this is great. This is great. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and that's how I did it because I know, again, I, I work with several clinicians, and some of these people, they couldn't use wired earbuds. They'd have to use the speaker. And distance away because when it got too close, they really could feel the the ears would ring more. The, yeah, know, there's a lot of there's a lot of a stuff lot of ear and auditory issues. So right, you, like, exactly. So through that with the phone, like you had those air the ones that transmit through acoustics, so it's better for your body when you right. have the acoustics there yeah. too. Wow, right. this is great info, Dan. I'm telling you, I was gonna like, man, we went. I just I was gonna ask you one a couple more. Qu- okay, so what do you think about uh, the baby monitors? Do those carry a lot of electrical current? It's Wi-Fi. Mm. and we haven't talked about it but at night get it out of the room that's how i feel about very simple so if you have a baby monitor and that's important to you put the the monitor as far away in that room as you can make the distance as much as you can it's still going to pick up the child crying Mm -hmm. and it's still going to transmit but you're minimizing exposures to the child okay that's great info. I mean, oh goodness gracious, Daniel! Like, okay, so we got this great info. I mean, we went through so many things. We talked about how it affects the brain, how it affects the body, how it affects kids, what you guys can do to to help protect yourself. Now, Daniel, tell us, okay, like, where can they go to find you? Where where can they go and see your research? Because I want to, like, they want to see how they get get protected. They they want to know about these things, what you provide. Where can they go to to find yourself? Well, you know, when we started off, you mentioned uh, our book. My son and I wrote a book about. It. Actually, believe it or not, it was out of frustration. I was so frustrated that the medical community wasn't talking to the technology community that 
I said, like, this is very real. There's a lot of evidence and no one knows it, including me. And I was in the middle of the technology space. Mm-hmm. And so um, we wrote a book and I always suggest that the best way to understand it is to learn a little about it. And we wrote, I wrote the book for my grandmother to read. Aww. I didn't write it as an engineer yeah. because I wanted it to be understood. And, you know, when we're talking about a, a billion cycles per second, you actually describe the story of what it is that it really is. And people need to know that's what actually is happening. And we try to describe all those kinds of things in the book, including what implications that we know in science yeah. with scientific evidence of what we understand. And yeah. so the book itself, Radiation Nation, is a wonderful place to go. You can you can get that at Amazon or you can come to DefenderShield.com. And in DefenderShield.com, uh, you can you can get the book or we'll look for where we have a whole section just on research and development. We we try to expose like wh- what the facts are in the space and as best we understand it. And then we have an array of products that. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm going to go to town on these products and you guys should too when you guys see Daniel's stuff. It's going to be awesome. And I, I always it was to, out of frustration. It is, you know, it was like there was a need radical. and your care brought it out yeah. of you. And people see that when they talk to you, you can see the passion and the care. And we, we appreciate it here. Like when we want to do the interview, we're like, man, this guy loves what he does and he knows yeah. his stuff. And I always, this is one last thought, I think, guys, it's funny to me when everybody says you get on a plane and they say, well, we want you to turn off your cell phones. And I'm like, if a signal from a cell phone can interfere with the plane, I wonder if a signal from a cell phone can interfere with your body. So we're going to end on that one. Like that's- yeah, absolutely. And by the way, we are on an aircraft. You fall asleep. Yep. That's hypoxic yeah. state that's occurring for the RF signals in the environment. That is. Oh, my goodness. Have they got to read this that? book. They got to read this book. <laughs> Yeah, we got to have you on sometime again. I'm telling you, this was such a pleasure. It was so fun. Um, and so I, I hope this was um, uh, exciting to be able to like just share your info. We loved having you here. Um, well, thanks so much for inviting me. I, really, I, I enjoy it when I talk with someone who, who has an understanding of the toxic environment we live in and the things we can do to help ourselves recover from those environments. So, oh, it's great. And thank Daniel, you so much for inviting me. Oh, great. And Courtney says, hello. Dr. Ax says, hello. <laughs> I say hello. And uh, let's keep in touch. I really mean it. And I'm going sure, to defendershield.com, Daniel Dubon. And we thank you again from Ancient Health Institute. We appreciate it so much, Daniel. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. You too.